know that the negative unwanted aspects and experiences of your life prevent you from moving forward and prevent you from being present with what is. But an often overlooked fact is that our fantasies about how our past should have gone, how we wanted them to go, also prevent us from moving forward and also prevent us from being present with what is. If we base our life on a fantasy about how we wanted our life to have gone, or if we can't escape our fantasies because we keep trying to make them come true in our now or in our future, we are stuck in life. We have no stable foundation for creating a life that we enjoy. We continue trying to turn our parents into what we wish they would have been. We continue to try to achieve the successes that we wish we would have achieved. We continue to turn our life into nothing but a quest to satisfy the life that we think we wanted before. It is a living in the past to the exact same degree as we do when we are haunted by the reality of what actually happened. You think that if you achieve your fantasy, if you find a way to manifest what you wish would have happened or could have happened, that somehow it remedies your past, that you become whole instead of fractured. This is why you keep chasing after it and chasing after it. But if we have any hope of moving forward with our lives, and any hope at all of being present with ourselves in the moment, we have to find a way to let go of not only what happened to us in actuality, but most especially of the fantasy we held about what we wish would have happened. For that reason, I want to introduce a process to you. To begin this process, I want you to start like you would any meditation. I want you to close your eyes and start to watch your breath. Once you've done this, I want you to begin to connect with your heartbeat. If it helps, you can put your hand over your chest. Feel for its beating. Feel for the pulse as it goes through your body. When you feel yourself settling into the experience, I want you to do this for about four minutes. And then I want you to think back on your life about the things that caused you pain. Instead of going looking to remember these events, I want you to let your body offer them to you, trusting that whatever memories come up are the ones which wish to participate in this particular process. As if you're looking backwards and observing your life, where do you feel stuck? What, if you were to be honest, could you never really get past? Maybe you were given up for adoption. Maybe you were abused. Maybe your parents got a divorce. Maybe one or both of your parents didn't love you like you needed to be loved. Maybe you did not fit in with your family. Maybe you were bullied at school. Maybe you got hurt or got sick. Maybe you missed a crucial opportunity. Maybe someone you loved died. Maybe you struggled for money. Maybe you didn't feel seen or significance. 
Maybe you felt jealous because of what someone else had. Maybe you lost a job or didn't get a job that you desperately wanted. What I want you to do now is to take out a sheet of paper and to write down these negative, impactful events which caused you pain. And when you've done that, I want you to think about how you would have wanted your life to go. This is the fantasy. How did you want your life to be different in each of those scenarios? So you can understand maybe how one of these lists would sound. I've got a list here with me so you can see some examples of what a fantasy might look like. I was born in France where I was surrounded by artists and geniuses. I felt like I belonged. My mother was a creative, beautiful, stylish, warm, and open-hearted opera singer who loved to wear long velvet dresses and who loved me exactly for who I was. She looked at me like I was the light of her life. I remember her holding me and empathizing with me when I was upset and telling me that I could trust myself and that she would always be there with me. My father was a powerful businessman who made so much money that I could do whatever I wanted. He was loving and gentle towards me, but he was protective and hated the idea of me growing older and moving out of his house, where he couldn't watch over me every day. He would buy me presents all the time. I remember the Christmas that he bought me a horse. It was sitting in the stable with a red bow around its neck. My parents sent me to a private art school. My teachers were excellent mentors who made me feel seen and helped me to be fearless and express myself. I got to focus purely on my areas of interest and talent. I studied arts and English and physiology. I had a group of really close friends. We did everything together, and we even wore matching friendship necklaces, as dorky as it sounds. I lost my virginity when I was 16 to my high school sweetheart on a camping trip. It felt like the closest I've ever been to someone in all my life. I went to Harvard University and graduated when I was 25 years old with a medical degree. I set the world on fire with my new theories about integrative medicine. I was healthy and I was excited to be alive. I was on a ski trip in Alaska when my high school sweetheart proposed to me. We were at the top of a mountain in a ski lodge when I turned around and noticed that he was on one knee holding a beautiful engagement ring. I said yes and the whole room went wild. We called everyone. We had a perfect beach wedding. Our families, who are already friends, were so happy that the celebration lasted long into the night. I opened a clinic where I employed so many other physicians that I could take time off. So after a year of marriage, we decided to have a baby. I got pregnant that very same month. The pregnancy was a complete joy. I stayed at home to write and publish my first book. It was completely stress-free. I had an orgasmic birth at home. It was one of the best days of my life. I felt like I experienced the power of my divine femininity for the first time. It was a boy. We were in heaven. The three of us were so connected that I felt a sense of belonging that was even deeper than the belonging and the sense of connectedness I felt with my parents growing up. And so on. Add as much fantasy to this page as you like. Some people will write one page, other people will write pages upon pages. And when you're done with this list, I want you to close your eyes again and imagine each one of these fantasies in depth. For example, Imagine your parents not giving you up for adoption. Imagine your parents deciding not to get a divorce, but instead loving each other. Imagine your fantasy father exactly how you would wish him to be. Imagine your fantasy mother exactly how you would wish her to be. Imagine you taking that opportunity and becoming an instant success. Imagine yourself being popular in school 
and the other children including you and wanting you to play. Imagine yourself as rich as you can possibly imagine. Imagine your life exactly how you would have wanted it to be. Then I want you to work with your own expectations about death. In some cultures, people use burials. In others, they use cremation. I want you to use whatever you associate with death the very most. Maybe it's a coffin, maybe it's a funeral pyre. You can decide for yourself. But one by one, I want you to imagine placing each one of these fantasies in the coffin or on the funeral pyre. If you feel like it, mentally invent a eulogy to say, which will help you to release these fantasies. Something like, I hereby lay to rest my fantasy of the mother I wanted. It wasn't in the cards for me. It didn't happen and it wasn't my fault. I am ready to release you now and live my life from this day forward, doing what I can with what I have from where I am. When you feel like you're done placing things inside the coffin or on the funeral pyre, I want you to go mentally through the entire process of the burial. I want you to close this lid of the coffin. I want you to put a flower on the top of it. I want you to imagine scooping up handfuls of dirt and pouring it over the coffin. Imagine the way that it sounds. Make this visualization as real as possible. If it's a cremation you're dealing with, imagine yourself lighting the match. Imagine the way that that smells. Imagine lighting it all on fire and watching it turn to ash. Feeling grief during this process is natural. Let yourself cry if you feel like you need to cry. Let yourself sink to the floor. Let yourself get angry. When you feel like you're ready to come back to the here and now, start by wiggling your toes and your fingers and take three deep breaths before you open your eyes. And when you come back, I want you to take those sheets of paper, the list that you wrote on them, and I want you to set them on fire. To do this, find a secure place where you're not going to catch anything else on fire and watch the fire consume the words. Imagine those things going back to Source. Imagine Source reclaiming all of those fantasies and relieving you of them. You are free of the burden of the fantasy. You're also free of what happened in the past in actuality. I know that some of you might be confused about why I'm introducing this process. After all, I'm the one who teaches the fact that you can create anything with your mind. You can manifest whatever you like. So why let go of a fantasy? The thing is, the minute we differentiate, which we do, between something being a fantasy and something being a reality, one becomes true and the other becomes false. And you can't lie to yourself, even if you want to. You cannot lie to yourself that something is or could be true if you don't believe it's true or don't believe it could be true. Lying to yourself keeps you in a state of self-hate and self-distrust. If we keep going after, trying to undo what was done, we miss opportunities in the now. In fact, we may not even see them. This is especially true with people. If we continue to run after the fantasy of how we wanted people to be, trying to turn them into who we wanted them to be, we find that we have absolutely no control. We run into a dead end. The fantasy of who we want them to be continues to be shattered by the person that they really are, by the person that they show up in this reality as. We're constantly disappointed. As morbid as this is, I want you to think of the process of trying to create a fantasy of how the past should be, like trying to revive a dead body. Because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to revive a dead past. 
How long are you going to prop up that corpse at your table? How long are you going to give it baths and talk to it and try to feed it before you are willing to admit that it's not there anymore? How long until you decide to grieve your losses and set yourself free to move forward with what you do have from where you actually are? You may feel like doing this process alone, but I found that one of the most healing things you can do is to do this as a group, especially if you share your experiences afterwards and if you burn your list together. Burying a fantasy is a grieving process, and when we're grieving, it can be extremely beneficial to have people there supporting the grieving process for us and with us. The symbolic burial is a perfect way to put to rest the if-onlys in our life. Chasing fantasies of what we wish would have been wreaks havoc in our life, and it also prevents the universe from bringing us that feel-good, beautiful life that we've been looking for. <laughs>